0: Let me ask you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter four. And I will begin with uh, the 26th verse. This is uh, Jesus speaking here. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make their nests. In its shade, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. Lord, we are pleading for your kingdom to come. In our hearts, in our church, in our community, in our country, in this world. It will only come as you send it. So, Lord, today, will you help us as we look into your word? Give us ears to hear of your great faithfulness. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Be seated. This week has given me occasion to, to look back as uh, the mission team has asked me to do. And, and as I look back even farther than the, the 15 or so years that I've been here, to the, the forty-one years in in ministry, I have to say that, that it has been a consistent joy in each church that I have served to have the, the privilege of enjoying seeing God work through global missions. In the first church I was the senior pastor of in Pennsylvania, we had a a missions conference. Most of the people in that church had uh, not left their, their state, or if they had, had not left the country. Unless, as a number of them had done, they had gone to war. But we had a, a mission conference and we would bring in missionaries from all over the world and it was, it was a, always a wonderful and encouraging time as our people loved them and uh, they love to be with our people. But it wasn't until I was pastoring in Atlanta that I took my, my first trip overseas uh, in terms of a missions journey. Since that time, I've had the, the privilege of going overseas uh, 21 times, 14 different countries. Uh, I can't believe what a privilege that has been. And I have often found myself in another country and looking down at the ground and seeing my feet in this country and, and saying, thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you have given to me. Before I was called here in 2006, uh, the pastoral search committee asked me a lot of questions about missions. And I asked them a lot of questions about their view of missions as well. And then I was, I was uh, when I was, called here, Uh, the church had uh, a functioning uh, missions committee. St. Andrews had had a history of uh, a love for missions. That's been a part of the DNA of this church from the beginning under the leadership of Bill Barton. I knew about that history, and uh, I, I came, and, and the, the committee was made up of wonderful people who, who loved global missions. The church was supporting missionaries, but one of my first lunch appointments that I was asked to go to lunch for was uh, with David Wells and Brian Clifton, who... Uh, we're on that missions committee. They said, we, we want to take you to lunch and talk about missions. I said, always glad to go to lunch. <laughs> but even more glad to go to lunch and talk about missions. They rehearsed the history of missions at St. Andrews. And it's a great history. History. And they said that they felt they could use some ideas, though, for the future, and we began talking. Today, I've been requested by the missions team to look back at God's faithfulness. I'm going to give you some milestones, some of them big, some of them smaller, but a, a history of of where we've come in and where we're headed, but it's all about God getting the glory and about his faithfulness, our verse of the year. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We believe that. And for everything that we rejoice about today, That's what it points to, God's faithfulness. So if we look back at the the heritage, uh, let's say uh, pre-2006, St. Andrew's began meeting in 1983. And it wasn't very long after the beginning, uh, under uh, the leadership of uh, Pastor Barton, that uh, our church began supporting Mission to the World Missionaries. I knew a lot about that, but this week I actually went back into some of the histories and looked at uh, some of the things uh, that were going on early in the church. And by the way, one of the things that has encouraged me as much as anything in seeing that is is that I, I still see sitting here many of those people that were at St. Andrews from the very beginning. So you know the history of the church. You began uh, supporting Mission of the World missionaries, began having mission conferences after the church figured out what those were, and taking trips to other parts of the country and the world. That's the heritage of this church, and it's on those broad shoulders, on that foundation, that we stand and we look forward to the future. One of the things that uh, we talked about at that lunch and began discussing and took the, the team, to the team who were very enthousi- enthusiastic about it uh, was the idea of moving to focus areas. The church had uh, supported missionaries in various parts of the world, and, and that's how many churches do it. They they uh, Whoever comes to them, they consider it, and so you may have missionaries all over the world, and and we do have that. But the idea of focus areas was to choose areas where we could go deeper, not just where we have a name somewhere on the back of a worship guide, but... When when we hear a name like we did in today's prayer, many of us recognize we can picture those people. The idea of a focus area was to get to know the people in that area, not just the missionaries, but the nationals and have a relationship with people in that country and then to be able to send teams to that area. Our first two focus areas that we chose were England and Ukraine. We didn't just uh, toss a coin or throw a dart in a map or anything like that. Uh, Our focus areas are chosen strategically. The reason we started with England and Ukraine is uh, England uh, was the place that Connie and I, and this started when we were in Atlanta, we were asked by Mission of the World to be pastoral associates for England. Now what that meant is that, that we traveled over there every year and traveled around the country and met with uh, the um, missionaries and church planters there. We were not employees of Mission of the World. We were safe people where we could talk and pray with them and sometimes counsel with them and then support them throughout the year in having a relationship with them. So uh, before I came here, the St. Andrews even said, yes, we would continue that if you're called as our pastor. And so that made sense for that to be a focus area. David and Brenda Kuhn, had a long, ongoing uh, ministry in Ukraine. They traveled there frequently. Others from the church had traveled there as well. They helped start a medical clinic that is still working today. And then a church was planted there. Later, we added Haiti because our youth and some adults began taking mission journeys there. It was logical Uh, we knew them and they began to know us. And then we added Bulgaria because of providential contacts that we had with a number of those that were working there. So those were our four focus areas and have been for a number of years. We uh, further increased our mission journey opportunities St. Andrew's had a, had a history of sending uh, youth and adult uh, teams uh, many times to West Virginia and also overseas trips, as well as doing some disaster relief trips. In addition to our focus areas, we've sent teams to Spain and the Pacific Northwest to minister to the Lummi tribe And by the way, we have Michael Wadhams, who uh, ministers there. Uh, He is speaking next Sunday. You do not want to miss that. He is dynamic, and he will encourage you. And and for the men, he'll be at the breakfast uh, the day before. I've had the privilege of going to all of our focus areas. We've had numerous teams and individuals to go as well. I don't know how many total in our church. I'd I'd love to be able to figure that out. But uh, how many have actually gone to our focus areas or taken overseas trips? But one year, and this was pre-COVID, we had nearly 100 people on various trips overseas and domestic and that was in one year so i think we can safely say hundreds from our church have gone it's hard to describe what those journeys can mean in the life of a believer Uh, the best thing i can do is tell you to to ask someone who has been on a mission journey Uh, they're not vacations Uh, you might Think it is, and and every time I took one, somebody from the church uh, would say, So, how was your vacation? And I would smile and say, It was good. Thanks for asking. Um, But they they really aren't vacations. There's a sacrifice, there's a cost of the trip. Time off for uh, the week, Uh, many take off of work and do take vacation time. To do that, there is never a convenient time to go. I don't care how well you plan it. Uh, this week, Mark and I were laughing a little bit about one of the trips we went on uh, in terms of never a convenient time. Uh, the, the flight uh, was leaving Columbia uh, rather early Sunday afternoon. Uh, everybody else going on the trip was waiting at the airport. Mark and I left on the last hymn of uh, the worship service. I had preached, and he had led, and so on, and we're in the car leaving the parking lot, and uh, I, I I looked at him, or he looked at me, and said, who planned this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what were we thinking? You know, we were already tired, and you know, and yet it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful trip. So, the bottom line is there's never a convenient time. If you're waiting for that, you will never go on uh, a mission journey. Most of the times you'll be leaving your comfort zone. You'll be experiencing a, another culture. But the best part, I think, I think everyone would say this to you. The best part about uh, the trips is meeting believers that we will be in heaven with forever. And these are people that when you, when you sit there and think about it, you, you relate to them in a way that you don't relate to everyone else in that country. And yet, what you realize is that we, ha- we have hardly anything in common with them, but we have the most important thing in common with them, and that is that we're in Christ. We're in the same family. It's because of uh, these focus areas that, with what's going on in Ukraine, it's personal for us. We know and love people there, and they love us. So until COVID, we have taken trips every year, and those will be back. There are more. In the future, we move to having a a motto for global outreach and in our our vision statement, uh, vision 2022, here's what we say. We see helping people to know Jesus Christ as including global missions. In other words, that's part of who we are. Through our denomination and other biblical avenues, we educate about the world, encourage the support of missions and missionaries, and actually participate in in missions across the street, across the country, and across the world. We desire to be a supporting and sending church, so we're not not just going to talk about it, we're not just going to send money, but we also want to send people in order to work towards our purpose to help people know Jesus Christ. While missions are global, we will have focus areas where we we will go deeper more frequently and support more thoroughly. We will also seek to care for partners we support as part of our ministry team. This, of course, includes regular prayer, but it's not limited to that. A few years back, we we adopted the the motto uh, across the street, across the country, and across the world. It was to remind us that global missions isn't just over there, somewhere, across the ocean. It's not just in another country. I've sometimes said that missions begins where your skin ends. Everything outside of you is Missions across the street, wherever we go, here in our country and around the world. And then we've seen internal growth, uh, weekly mission moments and mission focus in the worship guide, weekly prayer focus. Those don't just happen. Uh, Those on our mission team, put those together. It's a lot of work, but it's worthwhile. And some of us have sent our children to full-time missions, For a time, Mark and Georgia Goodwin, Johnny and Susan Moore, David and Terry Coon, Connie and I, and others. And we pray for that. In fact, when I came here, I said, I just want to warn you that I will be praying that some of your children will go into global missions And God has answered those prayers. And then we've seen growth in giving as well. In the past, all giving outside the church was from the the budget. During our our growth hour, you got to see how, as an investor, where your dollars went. Uh, If you weren't in the growth hour, um, these were handed out and you can get one, the ushers will have them as you, as you leave today. I encourage you to look through this and you will see uh, where our mission's uh, money has gone. You will be blessed. And I believe, if you're anything like me, from what we saw this morning, from what we see and hear, you will say, that's a great investment. In fact, I am convinced that missions is our best investment. There's no better way to use finances that God gives to us. How do we support all of that? Well, we do it with faith mission giving. We sometimes call it FMG. Many churches call it faith promise. In fact, most other churches uh, call the same thing faith promise giving. We've provided also an insert about that. That's in your worship guide. I encourage you to read it front and back later on uh, today. Uh, we've taught on it many times, and, but this explains how it works here at St. Andrews. But I just want to highlight one aspect of how God has shown his faithfulness to us as we have sought to financially support global missions. Mission of the World, our Denomination's global missions arm tells us this, and this is in the insert, that 10% of the churches in the, our denomination provide 90% of the finances for missions. St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church is in that 10%. They also tell us that of those 10%, 90% are using faith promise giving. Again, we call that faith mission giving. In fact, of those who are giving the most to global missions, almost all are using that way of giving. Because of our commitment to global missions, we began faith mission giving in 2009. Now, I don't know if you remember, some of you who understand finances, you'll remember what was going on in 2009. Um, the, the economy was in a not a good place. Uh, recession. Uh, It wasn't great. We were talking about building a new building (laughs) too. Um, Again, what were we thinking? Well, what we were thinking is we really believe God was leading us into those areas. When we had that discussion, well, is this the time to go from budgeted money for missions to Faith mission giving, and our discussion was: if God is leading us to do it, then He will provide. And so, that year, we we uh, took it out of our budget. The budget uh, in two thousand and eight, before going to faith mission giving, was one hundred three thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. The church has always been generous. Since starting Faith Mission Giving, including this year, we have given over $2.4 million to Global Missions. Probably a million dollars more than if we had just had it in the budget. This last mission year, and and we're still in it, um, uh, the funds we take up through March... Go to this year's mission uh, commitment. We promised by faith to give $237,191. Mm-hmm. So far, 200, over 213000 has been given. And it doesn't always happen this way, but most years we exceed what we promise. And last year, we exceeded our commitment by almost $30,000 we give God all the glory for prompting our members to have generous hearts that desire to advance God's kingdom. That's the only way that can happen. Last year, 16.8%, almost 17% of all of our total giving went outside the church. After you read the insert, you will see that next Sunday you'll be given a faith mission giving card to fill out. Now, for those of you that haven't seen those before, there's no name on it. It's, it's not a pledge card in the sense that you'll put, you'll put an amount down and then there's your name and then somebody will track you down to make sure you give that. No, it is completely between you and God. We're not even giving them out until next Sunday. So I encourage you this week to be be praying about uh, what number uh, God would have you put on there. Because that's how we do our budget. The mission team does. It's by faith. We don't know if those funds will come in. We believe they will. By faith. So where, where will we go from here? Well, I'm not a prophet. But here's what I believe will take place. I expect that at the end of April 2022, we will have exceeded our commitment and that we will have funds to add partners. We will again have funds at the end of the year that we can bless our partners and other ministries that we don't support year-round, but that have needs. And, and that is the greatest meeting of, of the year. I love going to that meeting uh, because what we do is we say, this is how God has blessed us. What will we do with these funds? And here are the needs. Let's pray about them. And we, we send them out to people. And some of them barely know us. They, um, and yet we've seen testimony of how it has blessed many people. I believe that will happen this year. I expect that next year the report will be that we exceeded our commitment which will be made next week for the next mission year. And in the next few years, St. Andrews will have a paid-off mortgage, freeing up more funds for ministry through St. Andrews. We're paying it down quickly. That's good and great stewardship. And, and those funds will be freed up for ministry across the street, across the country, and across the world as well. And mission journeys, they may look a little different, but we will be increasing those again. Now, I want to remind you of our passage. I read it, and then I left it. And we have been focusing on God's faithfulness Here's what we read in the first part of that passage. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man, this is uh, Mark 4, 26, as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe... At once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. That's how Jesus described the coming of the kingdom, the advancement of the kingdom. And so finally, I want to emphasize, and I want us to understand this, that missions is people. Missions is not a program, not just a ministry, it's people. In 2006, my first fall here, David and Brenda Kuhn did what they did most years, and they went to Ukraine. I heard when they were leaving, so I went down to the airport to see them off just the two of them. They were going to go whether anybody else went or not. That was their calling. The next year in 2007 the Coons went with a total of ten of us and ministered in various ways according to our gifts. Teaching some of us taught courses or I preached and uh, music and and other seminars and workshops that we did we did one for business people, medical ethics, various things. Uh, Adam Williams was with us. he did electrical work uh, over there as they were completing their building and then we also, at least for some of us, uh, worked outside of our giftedness as I know Mark and I helped lay carpet in the sanctuary there and uh, uh, do various kinds of uh, finished work as they weren't even in their sanctuary at the time. That year, we met one of the doctors in the church and clinic, Dr. Anya. Of course, the Coons had known her for years. She had a son a little daughter. The boy... Ivan, we called him Vanya because that's what uh, the same name except for you would call a boy and a lot of us still call him Vanya. He was maybe 12 years old. A few years later, we sent a team there with a music and arts camp, the same thing we were doing here on a smaller scale. We did it here every, every summer. And uh, Vanya attended. In the kingdom, the seed is scattered. Vanya had previously studied piano. But because of the stern teachers over there and their attitude, he had lost any interest in pursuing. Though he had some giftedness in music, but he was not interested in it at all. Because of the fun and the joy in that camp, his interest in music was renewed. In fact, by that Easter, Vanya coordinated a group of uh, kids from that camp to play their recorders that we had taught them how to play. And also use their boomwhackers. If you've ever been to camp, it's, it is just that. It's things you whack and do. And, and they uh, used both of those instruments in their Easter morning service that year. In the kingdom, the scattered seed sprouts and grows. Sometime after that camp, We helped Vanya come to the United States. Some of you saw the the video. He talked about us paying his way over here. He was a summer intern for us in music for two different summers. By the time we took our second uh, music and arts camp back, Vanya was one of the leaders working with us translating, leading uh, classes there. In the kingdom, the the scattered seed sprouts and grows. The blade, then the ear appears. As he grew up, he brought music into their worship services. He worked with their youth. He, uh, through college... He worked on a ship. He served in their armed forces. Last summer, Vanya put on a national conference for youth in a Christian defense of the faith. This past Christmas, he led a Christmas music program in their church and one in Odessa, combining with the church in Odessa and Belgrade. Vanya is influencing people for Christ that we could never reach. I'm convinced God is calling Vanya to ministry. And prior to last week's invasion uh, by Russia, he was in seminary. And through faith mission giving, we're helping to support him in that. I hope if you didn't see the video, you get to view it at some point. And Vanya just got engaged to a Mission to the World missionary in Ukraine. On Friday, Vanya went in and volunteered to go back into the army to fight for his country. He's brave, he's courageous, doesn't have to do that. But he didn't wait until he was conscripted. He went in and volunteered. But in announcing that to his family and friends and encouraging others to to go in, he said this also. What an opportunity for evangelism opens up with this. He had not forgotten his calling. In the kingdom, the scattered seed sprouts and grows, the blade, then the ear appears. Then the full grain of the ear appears. This is how God grows his kingdom. Missions is people. It's not money, it's not programs, it's people. I can't tell you how happy I am that here at St. Andrews, We can be a part of God's way of growing his kingdom. I hope you are as happy about that as well. And I encourage you this week to ask God to show you to what degree he wants you to take part in faith mission giving. Let's pray together. For anything that has been accomplished through St. Andrews, we give you the glory, O Lord. Your steadfast love never ceases. Your mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.